0: in this fun weekend extravaganza that we affectionately call PlantStock. Simply go to liveplantstrong.com and then click on PlantStock2024 and grab yourself a ticket before they sell out. See you there. Thanks for spending time with us today. If you're new, I'm Rip Esselstyn, the founder of PlantStrong by Engine 2 and your host on this journey to eat more plants. This season of Plant Strong, our theme is the heart of a hero. We're celebrating the disruptive heroes in this movement whose pioneering work and research are amplifying the message about plants to reach as many people as possible. We're also celebrating the everyday heroes, many of whom are first responders, like our Bronx firefighter Joe Inga from season one, and we're helping them to overcome the obstacles that you too may be facing at home. Welcome to Plant Strong. Have you guys checked out our new website, plantstrong.com? If not, it totally rocks. It's got a full menu of resources specifically designed to help you on your journey to eat more plants. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. Visit our recipe section. Download our free seven day rescue challenge guide and much, much more. Visit com today. This week is a departure from the typical interview format that I have on the Plan Strong podcast. There were so many tangible takeaways from this live question and answer session that followed our private screening of the Game Changers film at. Monmouth University, that I knew we had to share it with you. So today, please enjoy the banter between James Wilkes and Joseph Pace, the co producers of the Game Changers, Dr. Robert Osfeld, a very prominent cardiologist from New York City, who volunteered his expertise for the event and shared his insight as a provider who regularly prescribes. Plants Over Pills, and of course, myself. And last, but certainly not least, what could be greater than being on stage with the iconic John Stewart? I hope that his moderating of this event brings you back just a little bit to the glory days of The Daily Show. Enjoy.
1: The things that I think is important to take away from all this is uh, that we have to not just leave it here, that uh, there'll be an opportunity to create an action plan so to disseminate this type of material into our communities and really start to hopefully uh, make a difference in that. So James, I'm going I'm to start with you. Um, I came to this, you know, I've been vegetarian for about five years and, and became really just plant-based Five, it's been about five or six months, but I still can't disarm a man with my bare hands. So how much longer do I have to eat uh, kale be- before I can take people's guns away with just my hands?
2: Well, it's funny, actually, because there's, there's people out there on the carnivore diet trying to rebut the film and saying that we made out that all you have to do they said the claim that we made in this film mm-hmm. that all you have to do to become an elite athlete top of your field is just eat plants.
1: Doesn't work that way. No,
2: doesn't work. You have to put in, you've got to put in the training.
1: How did you, what was your position? You know, you're a guy, you're a tough guy, you're working in the military. What is your position on this idea of plant-based or, or vegan? Or what was your impression of that community? What did you learn through the journey in that community? And, and did it change your impression?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I absolutely thought that if you were vegetarian or vegan, you had to be long-haired, you know, skinny, hippie, hugging a tree. Not that there's anything wrong with that, it just mm-hmm. didn't, sort of, it didn't feel like me, you know? Right. I don't know if you can get that from, yeah.
1: Oh, I so, definitely got the no long hair, so yeah, i get that. <laughs> yeah, I could grow it if I wanted. Yeah, I understand, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Very manly. Yeah. Um,
2: but no, I, I thought that basically you couldn't build any muscle, I thought that you only got protein from plants, and I remember walking into a restaurant.
3: You mean animals. From,
2: yeah, yeah from animals. A oh, a pl- right. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so into plants now that I can't even... Right, remember. exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I thought you could only get protein from animals. And um, I remember walking to a restaurant and the chicken was spelt funny before I, you know, before I got injured. And I said, why is the chicken spelt like that? They said, well, it's made from plants. And I said, well, where's the real meat? And they said, well, there isn't any. And I said, well, what about eggs? And, you know, dairy or something. They said, no, this is a, a vegan restaurant. And I looked at my buddy, who's like 6'5, 260 bodybuilder. And we looked at each other. This is before all this happened. And we literally walked out. I mean, I wouldn't have had a single meal without, you know, animal protein in that meal. So it just totally flipped on the head, you know, when, when I started really digging into the research.
1: That's, uh, uh, that's remarkable. Rip, I'm going to uh, jump in with you now. Uh, you uh, come from this from a slightly, Different perspective He's coming at it as an elite athlete As a fighter, as somebody who's trained in the military You're a firefighter Your father is a cardiologist were, were you following this When you got into firefighting And how difficult was it The culture of the firehouse To insinuate a more plant-based approach In that regard So I was hugely inspired by my father
0: and his groundbreaking research At the Cleveland Clinic he was not a cardiologist. He oh, was, not a cardiologist. He was a general surgeon. Uh, and it's interesting how somebody from outside the field of cardiology yes. almost had to show cardiology what was possible. So
1: you knew all this. Your, your father had imparted that to the family. Yes, he, he, he had. And I actually uh,
0: ate this way to fuel me as a professional triathlete for over a decade. Wow. Um, and then after doing the triathlons and then deciding it was time for me to grow up and get a real job, that's when I became a firefighter, right? And uh, and that's when I introduced this lifestyle to fire two in Austin, Texas, after a fellow firefighting brother of mine was basically a dead man walking, uh, 344 total cholesterol, 344. Wow. And, and every male in... in uh, on the father's side of the family, perished heart disease before the age of 50. So, we yeah, were able to bring this to, to life in the most unlikely place imaginable, a firehouse in Texas.
1: But, but th- th- this brings up an interesting point, which is there's a difference between facts and science and effectiveness. So I, I would turn to you now, doctor. Is the science indisputable is it is it something because I'll tell you sorry I I was in a doctor's office and there was a pamphlet in this doctor's office and it was from the Mayo Clinic and it said eat heart healthy help your your heart and your cardio and I opened it up and literally the recipes were it was like chicken marsala and chocolate lava cake with low-fat whipped cream and I'm like (laughs) that's from the Mayo Clinic so so what where's the disconnect and is the science as indisputable as as it may appear
4: well as Rip was saying I'm pretty ignorant about a bunch of things but I'm I'm a little less ignorant now about nutrition and health because we learned so much from the amazing work of your father Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn and we a lot of us in this space stand on the shoulders of him and his great work and so You know I've been a cardiologist now for about 15 years and outside of a medical emergency like somebody gets shot and has to be put back together again I've never seen anything come close to the breadth and depth of benefits that a plant-based diet provides now in terms of the science It's incredibly compelling. There's a whole breadth of evidence in regard to plant-based nutrition from basic science studies test tube studies to randomized studies, to observational studies, that support eating more plants is better for a variety of types of health outcomes. And you know, I don't know if this was said in the film, but like, you know, if I told you that there was a pill that can you know, reduce heart disease, lower your, lower your blood pressure, reduce diabetes, improve erectile function, reduce your rate of stroke, you know, that would be the best selling pill of all time ever. And we kind of have it and it's broccoli. Um, and so, there is wide consensus among nutrition researchers that being almost exclusively plant-based, like you know maybe 85%, and people quibble around the edges—is 96% better than 98? Is 100% better than 99? There is some question in those areas. But in my experience, uh, my patients, and this is echoed by multiple research studies, and the incredible work by Dr. Esselstyn those who go almost ex- exclusively or fully plant-based have the most unbelievable turnarounds you've ever seen. So there's wide consensus around the majority of it backed up by um, the American Heart Association, American College of Cardiology, Association of Clinical Endocrinologists, and it's you know, around the edges that people will quibble. So this brings up an
1: interesting point because I think it's, so there's two things that, that go along with this then that immediately jumps to mind. One is compliance and the difficulty of, of compliance. And and is that one of the reasons why it's not uh, more spoken about through there? But but the other part is you mentioned it earlier, which is pushback, muddying the water. So you know, you said now people are coming out and they're attacking the science in this, and they're and they're pushing back on it. Uh, are you in the pocket of Big Salad? Like is that what's <laughs> you know uh, what? What is the reasoning and why is it that you're You know, I would not see this as a controversial movie. I would never look at this and think oh, wow People are really gonna, you know, come back at this. This is very controversial and yet it is In your mind. Why is that?
2: Yeah, I mean I mean for me, you know, for example the day it seems a bit too much of a coincidence to me But the day before the film came out to the public um, there was a study that came out Uh, in the Annals of Internal Medicine that said, eat as much red meat and and processed meat as you want. These are the new guidelines. Well, usually uh, an independent company doesn't give you, um, or a research body doesn't give you the general public guidelines, right? That's left to like the World Health Organization or the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Um, And so you've really got to dig into where is that research coming from? Mm -hmm. And you know it's essentially funded by the industry, right? So you've got the industry funding studies, you've got the marketing coming out, they're trying to sell a product. And you've also got people that have um, just tied their identity to certain things. So the carnivore diet is sort of becoming a little bit more prominent now, the keto diet. When people are sort of tied to that identity, that's another way you're going to get pushback because they just, you know, uh, what did you say, facts match feelings. You know, so if people feel a certain way, then they try to make the facts match those feelings rather than really looking at the evidence. So pushback from industry
1: and then pushback from people that are
2: sort of just tied to their identity, basically.
1: So Rip, you know, how, how do you look at this as not, how does, because when, when I look at this, I think, okay, that's not a fad then. If the science of something, it's, it's like saying walking is good for you. This isn't keto, but how do you keep a plant-based diet from being viewed as another fad diet that is out in the marketplace to sell us a, a, a pipe dream of, of something along those lines? Well, as you said to James, right? He's
0: not in the pockets of big salad. This is to me the most, and I've been in this deeply for the last 32 years, but this is just a simple truth. Uh, and to me, when you can part through all the, the, the noise and the and the clutter, it just seems so bloody obvious
1: to me. It's it, it's frightening. This has been very different, but I've, I feel uh, much better, but like, It's a difficult, you know, when I sit and I watch the football games now and I see a plant-based burger being advertised during football games, something's changed. Something's turned, there's a momentum here. And how do do we capitalize that and how how does that continue through?
3: Yeah, well there's a, a few. I think we built the film, I mean, James's journey was documented for almost seven years. And we actually filmed 50 athletes and 50 experts, and about a dozen of each showed up in the film. Um, I think that the stereotype busting was fundamentally important as a pitch point. We needed to deal with this idea about protein and plants, um, what we're built to eat, like what our our natural setup is for, Um, some of the other myths that have been propagated by industry about estrogen and soy and carbs and that stuff, because if you actually look, like do a, d- a deep dive on how a lot of this mythology start, it always goes back to the industry and where they're, it's, it's, it's crazy. Even this red meat study that came out, I was like behind the scenes researching where the funding for it came from, and it's like pretty explicit when you really dig around. So that's the first thing is to shatter the myths that are blocking people. Um, I think the second thing is making it accessible, which is a big problem, because uh, my brother-in-law, Evan, said that his fire chief went plant-based, but said it was like having a Tesla with no plug-in stations, because he'd be out in a call and stop at a corner store and want you know, a meal or food, or Tim Hortons, which we, I don't know if you guys have those here, but like. It's like a Dunkin' Donuts, but more polite. Yeah. <laughs> So for him the barrier was uh, a little bit about accessibility and then I think hmm. the, the bigger one will be the cultural shift. And this is the thing we're seeing, I don't know if, if any of you have already started following us on on Instagram and stuff, but you see these conversations like Kai Greene, the runner-up, Mr. Olympia, talking to Hap Thors, uh Bjornson, the mountain, from Game of Thrones, the world's strongest man and all these soccer players, and they're all starting to talk about it, like, why don't we try this? And that's when things, the top-down thing is gonna be really powerful. It's got to be a little bit of ground up, but a lot of institutionalized stuff as well. It has to just be, there's probably 10 levels it has to happen at. You have to go to the grocery store, there's Hungry Man, there's a plant-based version. It has to be the corner store, there's the pepperoni sticks, and then there's something better. There has to be a different conversation, yeah. It has to be a plant-based, um, guys have to view it differently when they go out for dinner and it's right. like, it's It has to insinuate into the
1: economy. And that's where I think, so this is why it's important. One of the reasons we wanted to have a lot of medical professionals from the area in here is, is when it gets to you, I think one of the crucial locus points for people is their hospital, their physician, that's where they are focused on, you've come to them for a reason. Have you ever considered that your choice
0: in pet food has a huge impact on the environment? I know that I never thought about it until very, very recently. And what I discovered is that the meat-based food eaten by Americans' dogs and cats alone generates the equivalent of 64 million tons of carbon dioxide per year. That's about the equivalent of a year's worth of driving from 13.6 million cars. With all the devastation that's going on right now in the environment, I feel really good about discovering wild earth dog food. Not only can you make a better choice for your dog's health, but you can also make a better choice for the planet's health. And that's something that we all can kind of get behind. It's a nutritionally complete, high protein adult dog food without the need for animal sourced ingredients. It just makes sense. And my dog Jade will tell you as much. Visit wildearth.com or Amazon and use the code PLANTSTRONG for 40% off your first order.
1: Uh, is, is there anyone in the audience? Yes, uh, there's, there's a question way in the back there. So uh, right there. Yeah, let's turn the, the lights up there.
5: Hi, how are you? My name is Mary. I'm a professor here. And I also work for nutritionfacts.org and Dr. Greger. I'm his media director, so hi. Um, I wanted to ask for the people in the audience here who are not plant-based. What advice you would have for when they leave today, if they might be feeling a little bit overwhelmed by what they saw in the film? What are the next steps for them, um, especially the students here? Thank you.
1: Thank you. That's a great question. You know what? I I think you
0: should go to GameChangersMovie.com. And they have, seriously, they have the most amazing information, resources, available online. Second right there might be engine2.com, but uh, it, it's it's phenomenal. What do you think?
3: Yeah, well, our philosophy is all or something, not all or nothing, and I think that um, the idea of prescriptive change, like, we'll give you tell you exactly what to eat, and here's your exact meal plan, isn't as effective as we might have hoped, and that adaptive stuff is important, so start it, own it, make it Whatever pace you want, whatever goal you have, if it's 100%, 50%, 20%, it's your business, nobody else's, and I think that's like really fundamental because this movement has pointed a lot of fingers at people. Um, 100 be 100% this, or do it for the animals, or you're a murderer, or you're going to die if you eat, you know, this much egg white or whatever. But the reality is, there's you know, there's gray areas and everything, and it's. Your your business. So, I think all or something is our right, our big approach.
4: And yeah, go ahead. These are phenomenal resources, and you know I would just you know not let perfection be the enemy of good. And there's plenty of data out there that even there's there's an incredible study where they looked at it was like 200,000 people, 3.5 million person years of follow-up. Like if you follow me for one year in a study, that's one person year of follow-up. This is by Dr. Song, and like. Uh, Archives of Internal Medicine or 2016, I think. (laughs) Anyway, so 3 million person years of follow-up. And they they just asked, if you replace just 3%, just 3% of your calories from animal protein with 3% of calories from plant-based protein, is that good? Is that not good? It turns out it was good. If you replace just 3% of your calories from animal-based protein with 3% of calories from plant, you lived longer. And they had so many people in it, they were able to slice and dice it by different kinds of animal proteins. So, you know, processed red meats with, you know, 34% lower hazard of death, red meat 12%, dairy 6%, fish 6%, uh, poultry 6%, uh, so perfection should not be the enemy of good.
1: I can tell you as somebody who's come to this uh, and evolved over a long period of time, like. I just, for myself, because eating is a very personal thing to people, and I think it's it's really difficult to to preach to somebody accusatorily about the way that they eat or, or what their person like. Everybody is different, and there was a time for me where uh, I remember going to Taco Bell and I got the seven layer burrito because it's. I was like, is that vegetarian? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, I'm killing it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's and and. I I think for for me it was a just an attempt to do a little bit better for myself than I did the year prior, and if that just meant, you know, I stopped going to that one barbecue place every Sunday, like that was just something. It's it's you can make incremental change for yourself. This isn't one of those like join our group or be cast aside. I I think it's it's not like that. Yeah, you had a question. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, right over there. Yeah.
5: Yes, uh, thank you for this great presentation. So I'm a surgeon about to turn uh, 61 in two and a half hours. You know, two and a half what? hours? No applause, oh no applause. Oh my okay. oh, thank I, you. I got you this for your birthday. That's right. Just is that, that plant-based? OK. Yes. So here's the thing is uh, my observation. So great idea, but I had two, two, uh, two areas, one, When we start to advocate for plant-based diets, one of the uh, slides I saw showed the atherosclerotic uh, process versus the normal artery. So one question patients are gonna ask, are you gonna see a reversal of my atherosclerotic disease? And the most important thing is we are, many of us are physicians here or healthcare uh, professionals, when we, uh, when we look at changing behavior just like this, and this is very important, many of our patients are, are not able to maintain it. So you folks are great advocates, but how do you uh, recommend that us putting that message forward to uh, get people engaged and keep people involved and maintain and not relapse? Thanks.
4: Well, those are great, great points. And in regard to the atherosclerosis, um, in some cases you may see the plaque shrink, in some cases you may not. But what almost always happens is the plaque becomes healthier. The artery becomes healthier. The endothelial cells are able to make more nitric oxide, uh, making you, you know, the turbo engine that you were when we were 12, 14 years old, it stops us from turning ourselves into clunkers. Um, So, uh, although the plaque may not shrink, the plaque will get healthier. In some cases, it does shrink, and as you know, even if the the artery opens a teeny little bit, blood flow is related to the fourth power of the radius, so a little bit more opening, a lot more flow, and you can feel a lot better, and of course, there's all kinds of other ancillary benefits. So I certainly don't promise my patients that their plaque is going to go away, but I do feel very confident saying they'll become healthy, in all kinds of different ways. And I don't know if you guys want to comment on uh, compliance or I'd be happy to talk about that, too. <laughs> yeah. well, so, if Behavior change is like the holy grail of medicine, you know? Like, we all kind of know that eating kale is good for us, but getting ourselves to do it is the hard part. So. I'm by no means perfect at it. I have plenty of patients who give me the Heisman for like three years, and then like maybe they'll come back the next visit like 20 pounds later. I'm like, what happened? You're like, well, I finally decided to listen to you. So I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, but so what we do is we take a multi-pronged approach. So there's a, you know, in clinic, I'm like you guys. I have to churn through. You know, I have 40 minutes for new patient, 20 minutes for a follow-up, um, and do all the usual stuff: medications, H uh, and P, all that stuff. So. We, we educate them during the visit. I have specific handouts I give them with like, checklists of exactly what I would like them to do. Um, we have these Saturday morning sessions that are uh, four or five hours long that we don't charge patients for. We take a deep dive into it, modeled after um, uh, Rip Esselstyn's father, Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn. Um, we have patients come back in every couple of months just for a blood pressure or a weight check, more for accountability than anything else and we try to have their family member come with them to help them along the way. We outsource a lot of the education. We ask patients to watch the game changers. Uh, you know, you only have so much time in the clinic, so it really helps to reinforce it. So we take a multi-pronged approach to try to help people move along the way. We have plenty of people that are on the wagon, off the wagon, who blow me off, don't blow me off, but we try with all those different tactics.
3: I was gonna say the reason I, I, we, I think some of us stalled is because I think being a healthcare provider is probably one of the hardest positions to be in, because getting people to like—I mean, even I don't do like when I go see my physiotherapist, and I don't go home and do exactly what they tell me to do. But because they say you are the you are the five people you hang around the most, not the one that you see, you know, how often. So that that's a big part of it, and that's a big part of our goal with the film is that people male or female at gyms or athletes start to see other athletes and it starts to become uh, socially accepted, and that changes very quickly. Like, look at how quickly people embraced uh, paleo stuff. They cut dairy right out. They cut, um, you know, legumes, horrifying, and whole grains out. And there's guys, and and men and women, I was 50-50 when I last looked, but eating berries and meat and, like, so they're, they're actually, if they're, people are motivated and the people around them at the gym are motivated and whatever, it actually can happen. But without that sort of support, it's challenging. It's, so that's a big part of it, is, is getting the people around you to at least let you try it. And if you can bring one or two of them with you a little bit, that's proven to be even more effective.
4: Yeah, and it really takes a village, I totally agree. And that's one of the amazing things about tonight. Like, each of you, doing incredible stuff with your health, your families, your communities, and then seeing how, the amazing stuff in this film, when you leave, you can bring that to your community and start to change things in, in your neighborhood, in your home, where you work. Um, and, and it's powerful. That's, super, that's incredibly important. And one of the things we do in our clinic is we try to find a hook for patients. Like, do you want to come off your meds? Do you want to walk your child down the aisle? Do you want to lose weight? Do you want to improve your erectile function? Like something that is meaningful to them and sort of wrap the story of plant-based nutrition around that. Yeah. And, and let me just say, don't make this more complicated
0: and difficult than it has to be. This can be the most simple thing to implement ever. I mean, most Americans rotate around maybe t- two to three breakfasts. Find one or two plant-based breakfasts that you love, oatmeal with some fruit on top, and you're like, you're, you're set for breakfast. Most Americans rotate around maybe three different lunches and seven different dinners. There's no variety whatsoever. The plant-based universe is limitless. And if you want to keep it simple like John, you can keep it simple. If you want to like go crazy like, like James, you can do that. But it's, uh, there's a variable smorgasbord of delectability out
1: there, at your, at your... Experience. That is a sentence you don't hear a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there is a veritable smorgasbord of deliciousness. Uh, we're going to take, we, we've got to leave, we're going to take two more questions, uh, and then we're going to uh, end it, so I apologize for for that. Uh, yes?
2: Uh, yes, good evening. Um, as a 42-year-old woman, second-generation vegetarian, and now vegan for 11 years, I can attest that there is some differences in when you change diet from vegetarian to vegan. There is a period of what I come to realize is close to a withdrawal when you ditch dairy. Have you guys experienced anything like that?
1: I felt like I had the flu for the first time. When I, when I went full plant-based, <laughs> I did feel like I had the flu. It was the same when I quit smoking. It was uh, the same thing. Uh, but after that, I had like this weird rush of, uh, I guess you call it, happiness <laughs> which I had not experienced in the past and, and, I, and I did enjoy
4: I've, I've definitely heard that uh, before and cheese is, is a particularly difficult one for our patients to um, come off of and for the nurse practitioner we, I work in the Bronx and about 85% of our patients who come to see us at Montefiore are on some degree of public support and so we work with them to be creative about ways to buy in bulk and Frozen and not organic, and okay. happy to talk with you about some things we do after. And the, um, uh, so cheese is addictive. It actually has morphine in it, morphine. Mm-hmm. It's like a cow morphine. And it's addictive. And if you think about it teleologically, it kind of makes sense. Like you want the calf to kind of chill out when it's nursing for months, it'll keep nursing. But, so if you take the milk and then you concentrate it, you've got like concentrated case of morphine. And then of course they're tossing in like salt and other stuff to really trigger all those receptors. So it's actually addictive. And so it can be a bit of a process coming off of it. But taste buds do change after a month or two. But that's why sometimes I'll ask patients to go all in. Whichever if a person wants to go part of the way, that's great. But I also ask patients to go all in a lot because it takes a little while to break the addiction. And if you go just halfway, you're not really Breaking it.
1: Uh, interesting. We uh, on the panel like to call cheese dairy crack. <laughs> I can see that. That's why I, now I don't eat cheese, but I do smoke Swiss. All right, yes,
6: <laughs> Hey there, hey there, guys. So, um, first of all, I just want to introduce myself. I'm a strength coach and trainer. We couldn't tell. <laughs> I'm from, I'm from, I'm down Tinton Falls down the street. Um, and I've actually been, just in case you guys are wondering if this works for normal people, it freaking works. Um, I didn't used to be into this, um, but I became vegan six and a half years ago. I haven't eaten meat since 2008. And uh, within the past year, I've broken many of my own personal records with a 570 pound deadlift and another 600 pound deadlift and a lot of other strength feats. I train um, first responders as well, um, and a lot of other people just getting in shape, athletes. And I was just wondering, for James, uh, as someone who trains some of the toughest, you know, people on earth, um, you know, what is your message to them and to your peers um, to kind of break the ice on this topic?
2: Um, I mean, really, I just show them the film now, which is uh, that's easy, right? While we've been making it, it takes a lot. You know, There's a lot more to explain it, but. Surprisingly, that, that sort of demographic has been really receptive, you know, firefighters have been receptive uh, I've got a lot of military reaching out to me on, you know, through social media um, I think people are just watching the film because I think that's the best way to get the It's a, it's a lot easier than explaining that everything to them, so
3: Or it's just seeing people like you yeah. That's
1: <laughs> Now, I suddenly want to take class, I don't know why but <laughs> Well, I, I actually, I thought I was doing really good till like 30 seconds ago. No. <laughs> all right. um,
0: all right. Now I, I do have a. Before you go, are, is this all whole food plant based? You doing protein supplements? What's? Um, it's the
6: vast majority. Uh, especially in the past two to three years. Sorry, uh, the the past two to three years have been my best years by far, and that's been uh, mostly whole food plant based with some. You know, occasional veggie burgers and um, plant, protein supplement, uh, plant, plant protein supplements, just for convenience, um, just to hit my macronutrients and do my thing. So, uh, but definitely my best, my best year was this past year. Awesome. After many years. Yeah. Say
2: it again. Wow. You see his shirt.
6: I yeah. think you said lift up his lift up his shirt. <laughs> yeah.
1: You want to you want to come up here? Yeah. Okay.
6: Yeah. It nice. says Kel, Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a pun, we like, it's we have fun around Can you change. see
1: mine, mine says Old Jew. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I want to thank uh, our distinguished panel. Let's give them a nice round of applause for being able to join me. Uh, For uh, helping us to arrange this. Uh, but mostly, I would like to thank my wife, Tracy, whose passion for this
6: has got where she goes.
1: If if you're thinking about what's a good way for me to uh, turn to a plant-based diet, uh, having her stare disapprovingly at you while you eat, really effective. Um, But thank you guys, let's not let this conversation just die here tonight, so I I urge any of you who are within uh, the medical community here, let's please, uh, they've got the resource card, please reach out, I'd like to connect uh, our community, with their community, and with the college community, and, and we could really build something very special. So thank you all very much for coming out tonight. I'm sorry? And the school community is... Yes, no question. Thank you. Yeah, yeah Yes, absolutely. So thank you guys very much. Get home safe. We'll see you.
0: Before we wrap up today, I want to talk candidly about how we've made it easier for thousands of people to eat this way with our Plant Strong Meal Planner. We know that making a big change can seem overwhelming, and it isn't easy coming up with new menus week over week over week, or to get inspired while learning to cook a new way. To help inspire you, we've created a simple and inexpensive solution in our plant-strong Meal Planner. It's filled with hundreds of recipes and we are adding more all the time. And it has the really, really savvy ability to customize your menus around your individual preferences, your household size, and any allergens or dislikes you have. Pretty darn trick. And the Meal Planner, it's staffed seven days a week with the absolutely friendliest engine two coaches who will help you answer any and all of your questions i would invite you to visit mealplanner.plantstrong.com it's just a buck ninety a week when you sign up for a year and you can save ten dollars off the annual plan with the code plantstrong i look forward to hearing what recipes you and your family love thank you for listening and subscribing to our show i want you to know that we read each and every one of your reviews and we appreciate each and every one. If you want to learn more about this season or today's guests and sponsors, please visit Planstrongpodcast.com. The PlanStrong Strong Podcast team includes Scott Vadasil, Lori Cordewich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, Wade Clark, and Carrie Barrett. I want to thank my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Anne Krile Esselstyn We're creating a legacy that will be carried on for generations and being willing to go against the current and trudge upstream to the causation. We are all better for it.